to express their love. Well, I don't love you. I merely like you. And surely words are good enough for that. I like you. You're kind of neat to hang out with, but only in small doses, not a lot. You're a swell opponent for a game of Risk or Clue or Cards Against Humanity. I'd watch a movie with you. Nothing great, not Casablanca or The Seventh Seal, but maybe that last Hobbit film, let's say. <laughs> I'd never have sex with you. Nor would I go on a long trip with you because I'd get quite sick of you after a day or two. But we know it would <laughs> never come to that. Shall I compare thee to a plate of macaroni and cheese? <laughs> I like mac and cheese. It's a nice lunch snack. It'll do when you just don't have time to bake. If you eat too much, you may get indigestion or dysentery or maybe even worse. That's more or less how I feel about you. <laughs> how do I like me? Let me count the ways. One, two. <laughs> yeah, two. That sounds about right. <laughs> like me mildly, like me bland. <laughs> A okay. Say hello and shake my hand and stay six feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my leg is not a red, red rose, but more a short, stubby dandelion, which gets chopped in the mower on a Saturday morning. <laughs> my like is like a melody, but not one by Mozart or Tchaikovsky. More like a 1980s pop hit. Catchy and sweet, yet vastly disposable. Like something by Mr. Mister or Paul Young or Level 42 or DeBarge or Wang Chung. What, you don't remember them? Exactly. When a man likes a person, <laughs> carry on. He might bum a slope or maybe lend a five quid to you. If you go uh -huh. yes, and then he'll stop liking you. <laughs> and delete you from social <laughs> means never having to say you're sorry. But like means never having to say I love you. Roses are red. Violets are blue. AstroTurf is a worthy practical substitute for the real thing. And so are you. Oh. <laughs> I don't like AstroTurf. Come to think of it, I don't like you. Oh, you're annoying and you smell bad too. Go away. Do I have time for a second one? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. My big face is on the screen right now. Okay. Um, here we have, uh, okay, um, since, you know, the dawn of poetry for centuries, even millennia, it's been a tradition to, um, to write poems to the moon, to write odes to the moon, like all the way through the romantics especially. So I wanted to join that tradition. So I wrote this one. It's called An Ode to the Moon. Fuck you, moon. Seriously, go bugger yourself, crater face. You think you're so cool up there with all your 
Moon rocks. Dick. Oh, look at me. I'm the moon. I make people turn into werewolves. I make people go crazy when I turn full. I use my gravitational pull to cause tidal waves. Frank Sinatra sang songs about me. Michael Jackson did a dance named after me. I run circles around your crappy little planet. Literally. I'm the moon, baby. And you ain't never setting foot on me, sucker. Yeah, well, go suck on a, on a, on a sucking piece of something. Fuck, Mark Bastard. <laughs> a while, hasn't it? As in a 47-year a while. Why don't the astronauts like you anymore, Moon? What did you do to creep them out? Did you do something to offend them? Did they catch you doing it with their significant others? Why doesn't NASA ever call anymore, Moon? Maybe it's because you're, I don't know, a big jerk? You're not really made of cheese. But you are cheesy. Remember when Georges Méliès made that movie in which that spaceship hit you in the eye? Well, he should have used a bigger spaceship, one that would have wiped out your whole dumb, stupid face. Or he could have sent up a nuclear bomb and blown you into a million, billion moon bits. Except they didn't have nuclear energy back in 1902. Okay, scratch that one. Hey, Boone, you know the difference between you and your mom? There's only one man in the moon. Stop peeking in my window every night, you pervert. Somebody ought to moon you, moon. You shiny pie-faced wanker. You think you're timeless, but you're just a face. Percy Shelley once wrote about you. Art thou pale for weariness of climbing heaven and gazing on the earth? Wandering companionless among the stars that have a different birth? Yeah, hear that, moon? Companionless. Because who'd be your companion, you lunar loser? It's only a paper moon. Sea moon, you're just paper. Well, scissors cuts your paper, and I've got scissors. Hard, quality metal scissors made out of the rock of the earth. And wait, okay, I, I know they say paper covers rock, but, but that's bullshit. Rock is strong and crushes paper too. Yeah, stupid moon. You know that Jupiter moon, Io? I hear Io's got more than 400 working volcanoes. Where are your volcanoes, moon? I hear you used to have some pretty good ones back in the day, but now you've got an old moon and your volcanoes have dried up into dark maria and there ain't no giant cosmic Viagra out there to bring them back. No, sir. You're a jerk, moon, a complete knee biter. I'm gonna send you to the moon, moon. You sun-reflecting, tide-causing, total-eclipsing, poet-inspiring, who-drumming, crater-hoarding, river-widening, flying bicycle, backdrop, scenery-supplying, monolith-hiding, son-of-a-fucking-fuck-faced, fuck-headed fucker. Think about that next time you beat me at peanut. That was my special ode to the moon. <laughs> 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 yeah, no kidding. Right. <laughs> I do. Uh, I do improv, not very well. I get so much in my head that I can't. You know, but, you know, but uh, I, I get mistaken for a comedian sometimes because my poetry is very silly and funny. So.
Jeff, I'm dying now to call somebody a shiny pie-faced wanker. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free, Beth. I'm always around. Shiny pie-faced wanker. Copyright Jeff Cogsell. 2015 or whatever I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was amazing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, please come back. Sure. You're every Wednesday, are you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was oh. fucking brilliant. Oh. Really good. Hard act to follow. <laughs> well, I don't know if... Bye. Don't, don't be a dick. Because we're in love Oh, because we're in love Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus, or antibody, to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against the Trump brand. Hey everybody, thank you for being in the middle of Some Call Me Tim right now. I know it's weird, timing is strange, but hey, everything's going to be okay. We've got LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, calling in. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Usually we talk about God. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but um, life's good, man. It's beautiful outside. I just made this pot focaccia, pocaccia or fraganja. I don't know what to call it, but wow, is it good. Do I feel good? Ding. I'm going to care about Kamala Harris. We need a woman in the White House. Kamala. Um, Joanna Bateman wrote a song about it years ago. We should find that. Kamala Harris, Ode to. So we're going to be back in four minutes. Enjoy all of these commercials from mutinyradio.fm and .sf. Again, this is Some Call Me Tim. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. It's Wednesday the 12th. If you don't know what to do, or is it the 11th? I don't know. If you don't know what to do this Thursday, the 13th, let me tell you, that's tomorrow, the 13th. You should go to the Oakland Unicorn, the newest, hottest outdoor comedy COVID responsible venue. Everything's distanced. Everything's safe. Go laugh. It's going to be okay, everybody. Is it? I don't know. But if we laugh, it's going to make it a little better. Coming back in a couple minutes with LaToya here on Mutiny Radio. 
none of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling. He was like, move it, bitch, move it, bitch. And, uh, and uh, I wasn't, I wasn't. I'm just not. I'm not moving it, you know. I've arrived. Why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. 115-340-1976, and it does not spell anything. 115-340-1976. Go for it. Call in, guys. think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? 
I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak healing. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> We have so much to talk about. Kamala, we need a woman in the White House. <laughs> I can't I, believe. Please, I paid attention. I, well, how could I not? That, that the man with dementia chose Kamala is, I, okay, so I, it's amazing, but it also makes me believe that the DNC just doesn't want to win. We know from the 2016 elections that only some people hate black people, but everyone hates women. We know that. And now we have a black woman. I love it. I am all for moving ahead with the world, and I think she should be the president. I think that when he dies of dementia, it will the, be perfect that she is the president. That's what's going on. Yes. Yeah, that's what's going on. I told you this back in, I told everybody this in 2019. She's dropping out because they're grooming her for the vice president. You're, because you were right. You were absolutely 100% right. right. Yeah, and this is also the strategy because this is, Joe Biden is only going to be one term. He's transitioned. And exactly what you just said, this is also grooming her. For possibly making a run, I think she will run in yeah. 2024. Of course, she if will. If that's the case, yes. You know, absolutely. So, and here's the thing: she gets 
two demographics. Ah, ah. No, she gets three, actually. Uh, she gets the uh, black vote, not just African-Americans. There's, other, there's Afro-Latinos, too. Mm-hmm. So there's the black vote. There's the Asian vote, so yes, the yes. Southeast Asian. And then she's married to a Jewish guy. I love her. Ah. I love her. Here's the thing, though, is that women are awful and will not vote for her. Not all the the Trumpian. It's this is going to this is going to consolidate and solidify the racist Trump supporting white supremacists who vote, who have money and who vote. I agree with that. I do agree with that. I think it's different this time in contrast to Hillary. Hillary has been in politics for over twenty something years. She's already hurt. They're a machine. So the Clintons right. are machines. So when you mention the Clintons, a lot of people aren't fans of theirs. Um, and, you know, I will say that, you know, I'm, I'm not a hardcore big fan of hers because of her past discretions. But I'm also willing to give her a chance. And, and you know, she's voted both ways on the aisle. Like, mm. she's more moderate. I'm tired of people saying that she's a leftist. She is not. I right. mean, she has the most right. strongest criminals. I met her as a prosecutor here in San Francisco. People know. People know about her record here. So don't get it twisted. But I'm also happy to see the fact that we are seeing history in the making. Oh my God, I'm, I'm just so tired of my own people right now. I'm having issues now with black people. Um, this, she ain't black enough or she's not black. Um, if you are an African-American and your roots are branded here, and especially in part of the slave trade, I suggest you take a DNA, uh, a DNA test to see how black you are. Well, because first of all, you are not I've, I've just been getting into it with many, many black people saying, well, she's not black enough or she's not uh, she's not African-American. Yes, yeah, she is. She was born in America. She's a black ancestry, just like us. All well, of us it's, it's who, the who, old who came here in America. It's still part it's, of... It's, I know. I, that's white it, supremacy ideology exactly. that I'm hearing black folks Because it's, it's the high yellow thing. It's the, it's the you're not black enough, you're a high yellow, you're an octoroon. It's, it, it's all of that old-timey mm-hmm. language and old-timey thought that is deeply embedded in white supremacy. But it's, it's when we start moving away and realizing what it is, we, we can back up and see how many people play into it. I'm a woman, and I've been realizing more than ever how I was steeped in misogyny and how I am a pretty big misogynist as a woman. And there's lots of women who don't realize. And you can look. You're like, well, I'm black. How can I have supported white supremacy in any way? And it's like if you're calling someone a high yellow, you're saying they're not black enough to be black when they're going to be persecuted by the white supremacists as being black, but then you're not going to accept them because they're too white. Whoa! There's like... There's a lot of deep, embedded thought patterns that maybe we haven't spelunked in our own souls and seen, like, how we relate to these issues. Right, and I I like the fact that you brought that up with the fact of, you know, how... The women, you know, all the misogyny and hatred that we have even amongst in our collective as being women, how we have those ideologies of misogyny. 
and that is that's a great comparison in contrast to the the ideology of white supremacy that has been locked and enriched in black people's personification of what blackness is. When I'm here to tell you colored people, I I don't see too many African Americans that have 100% of African uh, indigenous. So when you come with me, when you got that 100% African indigenous, and then we can talk. But until then, y'all niggas need to shut the fuck up. Talking about she ain't black enough or she's not African American. You know, someone can say the same thing about your black ass. Well, and it's your great great grandpappy was that was that slave master that went up into the slave quarters. Exactly, which is where the term octoroon came from. Anyways, it's a white supremacist. It's justifying rape, which is not okay. Uh, And but all of those, but then not being accepted or being accepted, being able to be in the house because you're more light skinned, and then getting privilege and being like, well, wow, this is, wow, I'm feeling some white privilege. It's, but all of that that house and field, yeah, privilege based on the color of your skin is what we're trying to change that it doesn't you know, it should be based on the the merit and the value and then what is the inherent value of being human and why create and facilitate a caste system when we look at like india and go well they had a caste system and how ridiculous is that but no we do the same thing here we're still doing it yes and you know the thing is you know, I. This is you're seeing how education and history has failed people. When you have people that don't even know their own history, who are saying that this person is not this much enough. You know, that is what you know that the education system did a really good job on failing folks and dumbing them down and not knowing about who they are yeah. and where their lineage came from, or even to support someone that does look like you. I mean, well, technically, don't always support someone that looks like you, Herman Cain, <laughs> for example. Um, but it, it just, it saddens me because I remember when I worked on Obama's campaign in 08, and I do recall hearing people say that, you know, he's like in and, you know, he's biracial, but you didn't, he, it was grumbling. It wasn't as much as I'm hearing about her because I think it has the fact that, that she is a woman, She's a woman. And that she is a black and uh, South Asian woman at the same time, I'm seeing a difference already, the sexism of this coming oh, out. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm defending someone that I'm actually not 100% gung-ho on. I just, I just take the fact that I'm like, if you want to talk about someone, talk about her policy. Right. Don't talk about the fact of, you know, her, 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 her parents were immigrants. So, her father's from Jamaica. That's a, one of the first slave drop-offs. Yeah. And what? Hey, guess what? They colonized in India. Okay. See, this is what this is why people need to let need to read a fucking book about yes. history. But it's again, people are not talking. I mean, yes, I'm hearing people talk a little bit about some of her discrepancies and her being the uh, AG and, you know, her being a uh, prosecutor. But I'm hearing more people, especially people of my ilk, talking about how she's not black enough. This is what's wrong with my people in the community. They they find something that don't even, that it, it doesn't even pertain into their, 
their their way of getting what they want. Right. They rather pick about something trivial. Well, and when he, you he, need to look at the big picture. Here's the thing that, that ain't the a, picture. The big picture of what she's going to have to fight, and what we should be acknowledging, anyways, as a trope that exists in our society, which should be dismantled, is the angry black woman. I yes. think that they, I think that the Republican Party is going to get on her. They're going to vilify and demonize her as the angry started. black woman, which they've already started that. Yeah. Well, of course they have, but they—that's the thing that's well, because already with Hillary, he turned her into the the old crone, the the witch or what. But she, this this is hysterical. a trope. The, the two things, the the two pillars two of the pillars of white supremacy and racism that are pervasive in our government in our system are that there's an angry black woman and there's a scary black man and these are not true and yet people are accepting them and they're going to use them in this campaign and that sickens me because oh women black women should be seen as strong and independent, and all of the, it doesn't even have to be black. Women, in general, should be seen as equal players on any field, whether, and especially in government. We need equal representation. But when they're, they are, I, it is going to be ugly. And that Trump is such an ugly little motherfucker. He's going to throw mud, he's going to throw, and it's going to be gross. I mean, at least he can't say that she's fat because or ugly because that that's what he usually does when he doesn't know what to say. Well, she's fat. She's right. ugly. Like that's usually because he's a second grader. But there, it's. But she's beautiful, so he can't say yeah, that. Yeah, I I, I, I totally agree. And here's the thing: even with Trump's response to uh, Jim Crow Joe uh, picking her as VP. He, what you just said, he already started the play on, uh, I didn't like, this is Trump, what he said about Kamala, basically, like, I don't like the fact that, you know, she was yelling at Brett Kavanaugh during the hearings, and she just seemed so nasty to him, you know, she was just so, you know, yelling at him, and that, he's already started it, that you just mentioned, yeah, so, you know, uh, Fox News has already started doing that, and already, and they've actually been using that 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 chirp that you know. Well, her parents were immigrants, and you know she's not black. Bitch, she's black and Indian. Listen, she grew up in Oakland. Okay, mm. she went to an HBCU. She's part of a black sorority that my family was a part of a black Sadidias light skin uh, sorority that most people in the black boule and the boule means uh, black. Excellent. That's basically what it means. And, you know, she was a part of, she grew up in black culture as well as her South Indian culture. But people look at her as a black woman. I mean, I could talk about all the things in my background, but again, my grandparents told me people are going to look at you as a black woman and that is who you are, but you know where you come from. The people at Fox News are already starting it. They're pulling off the onion already, pulling mm. off the layers of like, well, is she black? And, you know, even white people start to say, she, is she How black? How about it? How dare you? Matter. Uh, already. You? So Trump called Kamala nasty. So, yeah, you're, this has already happened. I mean, she just got the nomination yesterday. 
I mean, this just happened. And that he would already jump on the stereotype. stereotype. That upsets me. I hate him so much. I, I, I love my first speech, first amendment rights. I'm already, I'm starting to get, and I don't want to rant about it because I'm actually so sad right now about it that our president is just every day is like, and I'm not, I'm actually getting choked up about this because it's so sickening to me that he is such a racist piece of shit and he is just ruining everything. He's just, and that he keeps fighting it and keeping it going of like, just that, that, that we should, that some people are better than other people or deserve more because they're white. I'm just so upset right now he's, that he's already starting in. There. He's just saying it. He's just saying it out loud. <laughs> saying Kamala Harris is nasty. Is it because she grills powerful men? No, it's because he's supporting the racist stereotype to everyone. And this is going to be a smudslinging, shit-throwing throwdown. And I don't understand why we're at a time when we need to be, like, taking care of each other. No one has any money. No one knows what's going on. And and I've been saying forever he wants to start a race war. And is this going to play into it? Like, I don't know. I, I really think that we have more numbers than a lot of white supremacists. And that's the thing. This is what I – here's one thing I do appreciate appreciate about this nomination that I knew that was going to happen. I love seeing white supremacists' heads explode. I'm enjoying seeing people on the conservative, on the far right, their heads exploding. Like, oh, my God, no, not another one. And I'm just taking delight by it because there's this white fear of, you know, the future is coming and they're going to take over the world and they're probably going to put us in the chains like we did them. No, that is not the case, white people. Calm down. We are not going to enslave you because for revenge, but that's not in our DNA to do that. So sorry. Um, but I'm just enjoying the fact of, you know, even Trump yesterday when oh, he came out I was uh, just gonna, talking th- about Kamala. The Hannity interview. He mentioned Oh, what was that? There, he did an interview with Sean Hannity on Fox News, and he his head exploded. He had a 20-minute stream-of-consciousness attack on windmills, the Pulitzer Prize, his impeachment over a perfect phone call, former campaign rival Hillary Clinton, and more. The president also claimed without evidence that the elections will be rigged due to increased use of mail-in ballots. The mailmen are going to get them, and people are just going to grab batches of them. And you talk about China and Russia, they'll be grabbing plenty of them, Trump said. It's just common sense. The coronavirus pandemic, which has killed nearly 165,000 Americans, including more than 1,300 on Tuesday alone, barely got a mention. Trump's critics on social media attempted to parse the rambling conversation. Uh, Listening to Trump on Hannity, what started as a talk about Harris has turned into a discussion of Hillary smashing the phones with hammers and a Russian dossier sounds honestly like Hannity got bored talking Harris. Anyways, it goes on and on that you could tell that Trump's really worried about. But So there was a 20-minute interview where he was um, crazy pants, saying crazy pants things. I got it. <laughs> you know, he also said yesterday um, when they asked him about, uh, you know, her becoming VP, 
he also mentioned um, he actually took up for Jim Crow Joe. See, this is when white people stay on code. So this is what he said. So do you remember the debate that they had last year when she called Jim Crow Joe out about the busing and that she was one of those kids mm-hmm. that was affected by? Yeah. So Trump, flash forward to yesterday, Trump says, like, and she was so nasty at that debate stage with uh, Joe. Like, she came at him just so aggressive and, you know, and I didn't like that. It just seemed so mean. Oh, so you're telling me she, you felt bad for Jim Crow Joe because she called out his racist policy that he voted for that affected her as a child, and she basically called out the oppressor? Is that what you're saying, why you're mad and why, you know, she's scary? I just had a laugh at that. It was just like you felt that's staying on code, white people. So just let you know, that's called being on code. This- Even though that is his opponent. He still sympathized with the fact that Kamala called his white brother out for the oppression that she endured as a child. Well, she's, that a bit? She speaks the truth because she's uh, – here's the other thing. Lawyers – get a bad rap but they do have to be like uh, honest yeah. intelligent people and uh i don't know i think she's perfect okay so here's donald trump this is the best tweet of all donald trump's night so far calls into sean hannity show and goes completely berserk has incoherent meltdown about windmills kamala harris has broken what's left of trump's brain this is going to be the end of trump trump is going to prison it's only 10:45 p.m. <laughs> and that was from yesterday he really uh he was melting down about windmills he was talking about how they they kill birds and it's like he's after green technology he's still scared of black like what is he he it's hard for him to stand for anything because he's so dumb like he doesn't even have the language to i don't know adequately express any real opinions on what's happening you know for someone that was born in the 1940s he sounds like a 1940s candidate, like, because of, like, are you still trying to get coal in? Yeah, like, right. Like, honey, we've moved on past that. And then, oh, and then did you hear, uh, this happened over the weekend, um, so he was talking about the uh, the uh, the pandemic. He keeps calling it the 1917 uh, 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 pandemic when it happened in 1918. And then he said, get this, he said that, you know, the the whole pandemic of 1917, wrong date, by the way, probably basically decimated, you know, the war, uh, the, the World War II, or World War II. Huh? Ba- wait, what? He said basically the 18, or the 1918 pandemic affected World War II. <laughs> What? <laughs> now, mind you, he was born in 1946. Okay, so he was born, I believe, the the a uh, year after World War II. World War One ended what in 1917, 1918? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, he he went to college. This is what a this is our president who does not know the difference between. World War II was... Duh, he uses the words very, very. Very, very nasty. Nasty, nasty, nasty. You know what? 
there's more words, bro. There's lots of words. There's a word called lexicon. Maybe you should grow yours. It's what words you use on a regular basis. But clearly you use tremendous. What? Because it's tremendous. Oh, is it three syllables? Do you know what a syllable is, sir? Like, I am so wowed by how fucking stupid he is. His, he has the language of a second grader. And he does the same things as second grade. She's fat. She's nasty. She's nasty, nasty, nasty. What's nasty about her? That she called, has called out men in power and said, hey, your behavior, not acceptable. And then they're like, uh, I would apologize, but I have nothing to apologize for because you're nasty. It's like, no, it's because you're a rapist, r- racist piece of shit. And you say terrible things about people. By the way, can we throw back to the – every person – of Mexican descent who lives here in the United States who doesn't vote for Biden is an idiot. Trump called you rapists. I I just, I can't understand why we can't consolidate against this guy. And after people came out with Kamala, I know a lot of Republicans back East, and they were all like, him having her means that Trump's going to win again. And I was like, that's because you guys are racist. But it's also that they don't believe that they're the minority in the country now. If the women and the, the persons of color, we don't want to say, what did we want to say? We don't want to say POC anymore, humans of color, or but not even color. Uh, uh, what did we I say? Mean, like, if you're, it, there's a point in time, like, if you're talking about such as, like, you know, like a collective, like, like for example, the, the election, because most likely you are going to get people of color that will vote for Democrats. So, like, when you're talking like that, I, yeah, I see that when you say put people of color. I just don't like it when people talk about individuals, when you can point out their background. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Oh, no, but, no, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm just fuming over here. I'm, (laughs) I'm, I I feel like he's going to win again. I can't imagine, like, in my it is no, so scary I, I, for me to imagine that he could win again, but I really think he can. I, 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 I here's the thing. I am too. I'm leaning more on the fact that the, it's the everything is a wreck, you know, and that's one thing that is that is hurting everyone as a collective, as Americans, not just as Midwesterners and West Coasters or rich or poor. I don't care how much money you have, you're being affected right now because you're not making as much money, even though you're wealthy. And if you're middle class, you are definitely, if middle class is lower, your ass is suffering hard. And so the fact of the matter, any, I believe our country has a lot more intelligent people than the, the 32% of those cult followers. <laughs> so I feel that people are going to be so desperate. It's just like, yeah, we're going to have to put this guy in. I'm more leaning on the fact that he would lose. But I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna be overly confident either, because yeah. we've, we've done this dance before. We've done this dance. You know, before. I'm not gonna yeah. get shot in the foot twice. Okay, Mm-mm. so I'm be, I, I'm treading water. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's sure. hard to. I, it's, I think, it's hard to shoot someone's feet when they're underwater. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to and shoot I, through I the water. I think you are gonna get. I really think you know you will get because progressives are pissed off because of the fact of like progressives. I'm a progressive, and I'm getting pissed off with yeah. progressives because yeah. they're whining about, well, she's a cop, 
blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know what? I was a Bernie fan. I'm progressive, but there's a strategy to this. You know, I'm hearing a lot of progressives say, well, I'm just not going to vote. I don't get that luxury to say that because if I don't vote and if people and, uh, you know, black and brown and Asian and Muslim and, and women don't vote, I could die out here. We could all die out here in these yeah. streets because of this mania. Yeah, absolutely. So our life is on the line. True. And so I'm not playing this luxury of like, I'm taking my ball and going home because Birdie didn't get it. Birdie's been gone. Get over it. Strategize. Yeah. You know, revolution doesn't stop because you didn't get your man in. Revolution still continues. Yes. And I'm tired of these stupid ass, weak ass progressives. Well, I was just talking about that she's the cop, and I don't like Joe Biden because of the 1994. I don't like that motherfucker either. I know. I don't like him. I read, I, but you know what? I'm going to have to do what I have to do in order for, for us progressives to get closer to the White House. Well, it's because, it's a lesser again. of two evils. There's a reason why there's a reason why cliches exist, and there's a reason why people say the lesser of two evils because it's right. real. Because neither neither candidate is ideal for me, no. for you, for a lot of people. For a lot of people, neither candidate is ideal. One of them is is just abhorrent and awful. <laughs> the other one is just really less than ideal. But what a well, what other choice He's do we have? Cringy. We He's have cringy. We have no other choice right now. That's the way it is. And it's the lesser of two evils. Can we continue with this horse shit that we've been dealing with for almost four years almost now? Four where years. and even Every single facet of it I find abhorrent. Down to his wife who doesn't speak. Show us on the doll where he touched you. I want to see the DNR. Not DNR. DNRs do not resuscitate. The other thing. The don't talk. The the, the don't talk stuff. The fucking piece of paper that she signed that said, Uh, I will not. NDA. NDA. I want to see the NDA. I want her to show us on the doll where he touched her. Poor Melania. Right? She's an immigrant. For God's sake, speak up for some immigrants. But she hasn't spoken. And that upsets me. But uh, every every level of this administration, from from the people that he brought into his cabinet who fucked up everything. If he would have had any intelligent people in his cabinet, you know what? We wouldn't have had the COVID problem that we had as much. We would have been able to control it. Why? Because he would have had smart people there. He wouldn't have given it to all his cronies who have no experience whatsoever that he just owed favors to. That wouldn't have happened. There would have been actual people who knew what they were talking about. And instead, we've got a bunch of idiots. I'm about to piss you off even more. So if you have not been reading about what's going on with the post office, um, you know, because he put one of his cronies, uh, who is the postmaster, who's in charge of the post office. By the way, one of his cronies that he put in as postmaster, who's in charge of the post office, has um, investments in UPS and like FedEx. And so what they're trying to do is privatize the post office, which the po- which it's not just his administration that has that's at fault of trying to privatize it, but. The mail has been slowing down because of mail-in uh, voting ballots. So they have this whole scheme. They mm-hmm. got a plan. And people, if you are planning on voting, by the way, you have to vote or I'll kill you. Um, <laughs> She's, we're coming to your be, house. 
Yeah, I will find you. There, you are easy. I've got attack cats. We're gonna get you. Vote. <laughs> They're trying to slow down the mailing process so people won't, aren't able to vote, or it's too late for the ballot. So if you're voting by mail, people make sure you send it in super early. If your state has uh, early voting, do that. You know because they're pulling all the stops now. You know, especially after yesterday. Them white yeah. supremacist white boys, they're shaking in their boots. Ooh. I love it. I'm, right. act- I'm actually going to watch some Fox News for some comic relief right. tonight. <laughs> white fear. White fear. <laughs> I know. I'm, hey, man. Reparations. I'm. Th- right. And you know why I'm starting to. Do you know, do you know how much 40 acres is? 40 acres is actually only 0. 0.0625 square miles it isn't even a full square mile it's point not enough yeah it's it's basically like 60 percent of a mile it's it's not that much but 40 acres i mean i would say if take the amount of money of what 40 acres and a mule was put it in today's money and fucking send it out to every person (laughs) who's comes from an enslaved person. Any person's ancestors that were kidnapped and brought here to build the great country that everyone talks about, this great country that's America, this free speech equality place, when we kidnapped, stole, broke families apart, had women have babies and then took the babies away from them because we owned, the because the white people owned the babies? Seriously? You know, All of that stuff. If you yeah. If you have any... If you have even an Elizabeth Warren drop of Pocahontas in your blood, although that's that's different, I was just trying to make a joke with that. But if 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 your people were brought over as slaves, kidnapped, forced into labor to build this great and beautiful country that we live in, you deserve you deserve something. And and that if, totally if we're agree. not going to say of that, course. I just can't. I just get so. And this is angry. and this is something that you know even the old you know like the black congressional uh, the uh, uh, the CBC uh, the black congressional caucus they need to get their old asses out because they are not trying to talk about reparations they still trying to get in where they fit in that old talk that old kumbaya uh, yeah you know we just gonna vote for the Democratic Party uh, no. We need to talk about reparations. No, I don't want to see a study. And then here's the breakdown of reparations. Here's why I think uh, people are really trying not to give us reparations, because it's a lot of money involved. And we're not just talking about North American slave trade. We're talking about the whole thing. And this is also to my African-American brothers and sisters. Do not think that y'all are the only motherfuckers in the state. No, that transatlantic stopped in the islands, and it hit Latin America and South America. Everything, all of that, that boat ride is all tied all into us. So whoever those boats and that trading company, that could be European, that's all reparations to every body part of the uh, Atlantic slave trade. Yeah. So I'm tired of people just talking about uh, the ADOS. There's a group, the ADOS uh ancestors of uh, or African descendants of American slaves or something like that. 
um, if you can't just be talking about North America. I'm sorry. No, of course Jamaica, not. Jamaica, Dominican Republic, Haiti. Haiti, all of um, it. You know, Panama, Brazil, you know, all of them. The whole Western Hemisphere is going to get some reparations, and that is what scares the shit out of a lot of people because that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, but you know what? That's a lot of money. A lot Jeff of Bezos owe. has enough. There, there are enough white people with enough consolidated wealth, especially after the biggest wealth grab that's ever happened in the United States since the Great Depression. Oh, the yeah. biggest wealth grab just happened again. And who's got it? Who's fucking got it? The white guys. So they get to keep getting richer and richer off the backs of everyone? No. It's time to deconsolidate this wealth. There is how much money do you need to feel in power? How much power do you need to feel fulfilled? Are you even a real person? Do you recognize that you're going to die just like the rest of us? Read an existential book. Read Sartre. You're not as fucking important as you think. None of us are. Or maybe all of us are. I don't know. But... (laughs) I just feel like there should be I'm sick of I'm sick of the lack of equality. I'm sick of the lack of equality and people saying, "Well, that's not I'm not racist. That's not true. That's not me." We we were born in it. We were steeped in it. If you try to pretend it's not a part of your psyche, then you're being blind. Then you're saying, "I don't see color." Which is like a racist <laughs> fucking thing to say. "Well, I don't see it." I'm not part of that. Yeah, you are. Every single person is part of it, whether we acknowledge it or not, and it's time to fucking acknowledge it. So, go Kamala. (laughs) Oh, no, you're still there. Thank God. Latoya, share the truth. What happened? Hello. Oh. There you are. Okay. They're listening. They're listening. They cut you out. I know. I feel like they do. Yeah. Do you know they really are listening? Because they listen to your, they listen to our messenger things. I, I put some. I've been texting and writing some people some things, and I had mentioned, I had mentioned in a little thing about going to Vegas potentially, uh-huh. and all of a sudden my Facebook feed is filled with Vegas deals. So Mark Zuckerberg uh-huh. is totally listening. I didn't even put it like, in my out outward feed. It was just in my messenger. I was talking to one of my buddies about wouldn't it be fun to get a hotel room in Vegas and fucking just be crazy and just do a two days and why not? You know, the end of the world is coming. The end, the end is nigh. They're- and they were listening because I've got in my – when I press the home button, it's like scroll down th- two Hello? days, two, two nights, three days, $99 at Luxor. Like all this shit. All connected. That that actually you that trip sounds amazing. Hey, on They're listening again. Where are you? Hello. Latoya, the share of a truth. We have five minutes left and then I gotta go to the bank. I gotta get it done. Gotta put that money in the bank. Bank. Hey, donate to Mutiny Radio. Help me put money in the bank and stay alive past October 1st, which is where we have money until. October 1st is the date. So you can go to our GoFundMe at mutinyradio.fm and click on that GoFundMe to help us stay alive until December 2020. Please, please, please help. Or just go to our Venmo, Mutiny Radio, all one word. 
and donate some funds to keep free speech alive and radical self-expression in the mission. Powers that be were listening in. Latoya, the sheriff of truth. <laughs> hey, thank God, right? Wanted, yeah. I just wanted to say one more quick thing before we disperse. Yeah. I was just thinking about the fact that, okay, so the debate between Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. Hmm. You know he can't be around women by himself, right? Without <laughs> his mother. Without mother? <laughs> So how's that going to work? Is mother going to be off to the side and he's going to ask her, mother, can I talk to her? Mother, may I? Mother, may I speak to the African-American <laughs> vice presidential <laughs> candidate on the other side? Mother, may I? Yes, yes. Yes, right? Oh, boy. Yes, <laughs> That's going to be, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to enjoy watching him sweating bullets. <laughs> That's yeah. all. I'm, I would like to have a conversation about dinosaurs again with him. I'd like that to come back out. Oh, so you believe that the Bible is verbatim? It's not allegorical that it's only that the earth has only been around for 4,000 years and that Jesus and the dinosaurs were together? Yes, 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 we believe that. Cool. Damn, that would have been a rough living. Right? Well, I love intelligent design. I believe in the flying spaghetti monster more than anything else at this point. Like, sure, intelligent design. The, fly, fly, the flying spaghetti monster touched us with his noodly appendage. And we all came into being. So, so when Jesus was walking out the tomb after he had died and stuff, mm. was there like a triceratops out there to give him a ride? Yes. Uh, he rode actually on the back of a raptor because he has such like amazing <laughs> Jesus mind powers. And then he's like became the Jesus zombie. He can totally ride on raptors. He can like do a mind meld with them and they won't even bite his face or scratch him with their huge talons. Yeah, absolutely. He can ride on a pterodactyl. That is some Jesus shit, bro. He could ride on a pterodactyl. Thank you. God, Jesus coming to save you. I'm in. I believe it all. That's a great visual. Isn't it? I know. Jesus on a pterodactyl. Flying Jesus on a pterodactyl. Sweet baby Jeebus. Jeebus in a manger on a a pterodactyl flying through the skies. I I hope. It's all going to be He get baptized Tyrannosaurus Rex. In, in holy water. Hell yeah, John the. Plus actually, T-Rex. it wasn't Jesus who did that. John the Baptist was the one who actually first baptized the T Rex. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> surprisingly, the, the king asked for the T Rex's head on a platter, but um, they brought John the Baptist's instead. So <laughs> strange, strange world we've lived in. Strange, lots of weird stories. <laughs> I don't really understand the meaning of. This religion is killing us. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. <laughs> Faith, faith and reason, faith and reason, two things that don't necessarily go together. It's a kind of oxymoronic. I've wasted my life playing oh, dumb, so, says the president of the United so States. Delightful. delightful. Every, every Wednesday is a delight with you. Sheriff of Truth, thanks it's again with for, you. for calling in. Next week's going to be amazing. On the second hour Next here. Week. I'm going to play a interview with uh, Bella. She's just a lovely human being, a com- comedian. While I go to the bank, honestly, to put the money in the bank, because i got to do that. But thank you so much. Yay. And uh, thank I will. Thank you, pal. Yay, and I will talk to you soon. Yay.
Till next week. Goodbye, podcast world. Next week, the world will fall yeah. apart. Yeah. That's Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us here today. I'm going to be playing this uh, little interview I did with Bella Dillman from the other week, night, something. It was last Friday, maybe. And it's going to be here on the second half of Some Call Me Tim. So thank you. Thank you, Bella. And I hope everyone out there is having a great week. Please don't vote for Trump. More and more exploit who you are as a person in order to um, in order to relate to the masses, which is crazy because like or to interest the masses. And we're trying to interest the masses right now. Just to let you guys know, we're starting a new podcast. It's ten o'clock. Uh, hey, we're here with Bella Dillman, and looks like Sam Carroll's gonna go get a burrito or something. But I'm Pam Benjamin. We're hanging out. We're doing weird podcasty stuff. We're talking. We're hanging out in the stew. So yay! I just yay! wanted to. We just started a new one, so I was like, "All right, we gotta give a demarcation of time, and stuff." So yay! No, all of the things that we're talking about are really important, and people have to engage in actual conversations to move society forward because things are a problem. I've um, I'm trying to feel more like a. I'm trying to use my wokeness on my Zoom calls with all my buddies in Jersey because they are fucking so racist. Do you know how racist people are on the East Coast? It's insane. I finally, this is the first time in my life that I've been like, wow, like as a woke Californian, I need to stop you in the middle of your story and talk about how you just said like four super racist things and we have to back up and start thinking about our language, bro. We can't. You, every person that, like, when they tell a story, talks about the color of somebody's skin, don't do it. Demarcate them in any other way. They're a millennial, they're young, they're poor, they're rich, they're whatever. But don't do it by the color of their skin, because one at a time, we can start rolling back this racist bullshit. I, and exactly, yeah, uh, completely. Like, I, I understand that, too. Um all this all this like this free speech radio is amazing but i think it is like necessary to have a conversation and sometimes that's why we sometimes get into some some we've yelled at each other and that's mm-hmm. fine i think we've been yelling it's a on dialogue the same side. it's a dialogue no, we, we yeah we were yelling on we the same side just now yeah side. and i shouldn't yell and i feel like oh it makes me my and i've been taught that so uh in my first year of poetry school Mm-hmm. This guy, Dan Langton, he might be dead now, but he was a beat poet. He was with all those guys. And I had a poetry class with him, and he was amazing. And he said, and this works for comedy too, he said, when you're doing a live reading and people aren't listening to you, your impetus is to go faster and be louder. And he said, no, go against that. Go slower and be softer. If yeah. you, If you... Cut it down. If the audience isn't listening, you want to go faster. You want to tell them, like, no, listen to me, listen to me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And they're going to go get a drink, and they're going to look at their phone, and they're going to do whatever the fuck they're doing. But if you stop and go, like, silent and then whisper stuff, 
they are right back with you. And that was specifically with poetry, but I move that into comedy in the same way. It really, it works. It works. You have to let something sit. You do, because I have, I do also have the uh, inclination to always speed through my jokes and not let them sit, but I've gotten to a better place where I feel so... When the audience, when you Mm -hmm. see them sort of go get a drink or start looking at their phone, you're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. But look at me, look at me up here. Like, like, I'm the top. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a thing that I always They're not going to go with that. They're going to go, did you start? Go, hey, hey. Like, that's with parenting, too. Hey, parents. Hey, parents. Let's. Let's take a lesson from this. <laughs> Don't yell at your kids. <laughs> Don't spank your kids. Because we fucking love those kids, right? And they're not going to listen if you're just yelling at them. I'm telling you, they're just going to want to rebel more. Uh, uh, this is a woman who took two education classes. Let's go. I know everything. I know everything. Well, I've, I have... Uh... I've tried to call people out on the bus for bad parenting, and it doesn't always work the way I hope it does. Uh, there was- oh God! I tried to I tried to call my own mother and father out on bad parenting, and they were butthurt. Yeah. Like I get it, I get it. Oh God, you're parenting me, and I'm the one that's like, oh God, you shouldn't do this. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like you are the one that, you, of course, you don't want. It. And I'm like, no, but uh, power uh, struggle with I'm your telling on you, <laughs> I'm telling you, you shouldn't pinch your kids that hard. <laughs> like don't pinch them. Right. <laughs> Leave them alone. Well, They're chilling. <laughs> here's the thing. I, I've never shaken a baby, but I've shivered a baby. You know what oh I mean? Oh, my God. You, like, have a baby, and you're like, yeah. why okay. are you not? Why are you crying? It's... I fed you. I fed you, and you have a clean diaper. Pam. And I'm not shaking a baby. I'm shivering just, a baby. It's, just, it's a shiver. Like a little slight it's a gesture. Shiver. It's a shiver. A gesture that you it's should be worried. Shiver. You no, I. You you look at them in the face and you go, "What do you need?" That's a, that's Don't why I get postpartum depression so much is because like, I I was a daycare worker and I took care of the care I took care of the baby so good. So all good, of the all so the good. all of the women there were like, "No, just let him cry." And I was like, "No, no. I'm going to be the fairy princess and I'm, I'm going to take care of all these babies. babies." At the same time, I'm going to take care of six babies. And they're not going to cry. But there was this one baby who came in, like, in the middle of when I was working, when I was working overtime every day, like, 12 hours a day. 13th hour. Yeah, 13th hour. Like, opening and closing this fucking daycare. Mm. Doing both. Mm. And at that point... He came in and he was eight months old mm. and he he wasn't socialized to the daycare thing. He only knew his mom. He only wanted his mom. He's like, I need a tit right now. So, yeah, exactly. And I had to, t- he would cry every second of the day. Oh. And so and I would hold him. cry. I don't know. It does. It, I don't know if when they're sleeping, babies, mm-hmm. babies that are yeah, babies that are sleeping and that are happy, and then another baby cry. The they wake up and they're like, "I'm not happy. I just want to sleep." And what they're saying is, "Let me sleep. Let me sleep." That's all they're saying. And yeah. The baby's like, "I need. I need You can't get me. It's awful. Yeah. And so at that point, that I was holding that baby and I was just like, "I could crush a baby." 
<laughs> if I wanted to crush a baby, I could crush. It. I didn't crush the baby, obviously. No, of course here. Didn't crush the baby. Of course, I didn't crush oh, the baby. baby. But postpartum depression is Sweet real baby. because sometimes you're just like, holy fucking Sweet shit, baby. this sucks. Oh goodness, I uh, there was a I had a family that I nannied for, and they their child was three months old, and they wanted to go on a vacation, and I had been with their baby, and everything was fine, and they were like, we're gonna be gone for forty eight hours. And, wow, wow, it is, I am so glad I never birthed my own child, and I'm so glad that I get paid to hang out with small children, and it makes me crazy that moms aren't paid to hang out with small children, because it is a real fucking job, it is actual hard labor, and that it isn't respected makes me, like, cringe that... We have arguments about how women aren't respected right now in our current current gestalt when everybody demonizes single moms. And that makes no sense because they are working so much harder. They're a single mom. That means they probably have a, two jobs and they're still taking care of their children. And then you're like, oh, we shouldn't give you money, you weirdo. Why are you take, taking money to fucking raise children, which is so hard. I don't know. And I'm just a nanny. I don't even have my own kids. I can't even imagine. I just try to love your kids as hard as you would love them. You love your own kids? I want to love your kid as much as you love your kid. Because you're paying me 20 bucks an hour. Of course I'm going to love your kid real hard. You're paying me to do it. I'm super down, bro. I will love your child. I love kids. I love cats. I love birds. And... Dogs are okay or whatever. Dogs are great. You just have to... Pooping. Oh, so much pooping. Babies are great, but so much pooping, right? Like, wow. And here's the thing. Why can you throw baby poop away in, like, the regular garbage? But in the tenderloin, when people shit into a clamshell, everybody gets all up in arms like, Oh, they're shitting in the... Why are they throwing poop away in the... Are we not, why is baby poop okay to throw away, but human, are babies not humans? I don't know. No, yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, There's, there's like this whole like bio, like when I was working at a daycare too, there was one kid who was, who only had cloth diapers. Oh God. And we had to just scrape that shit out, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, the toilet. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? You flush it down and then you stick it in a plastic you bag. You can't expect you if you're at a daycare. If your kid's at a daycare, you cannot expect those women. It's an organic who are, daycare. Okay, who are mostly like Pakistani and Indian women who have not gotten like opportunities to do anything. Like w- one of my coworkers was a fucking engineer. Yeah, of course. Was a fucking engineer in Pakistan. And she, she was like, when I quit, she was like, how much do you get paid? And I was like nine fifty. And then she was like, I get paid $7 an hour. And I was like, I'm so much under, I'm so much more underqualified than you. Yeah. How the fuck are they paying you this, dog? Like, how the fuck are you paying? Well, that's so. That's the thing is that when the cheaper the labor, the more profit exists, and that's how America was built. Here's the thing I say all the time. Everyone's like, oh, how much do you love Abraham Lincoln? Oh, Abraham Lincoln, he freed the slaves and did all this stuff. 
Abraham Lincoln didn't free the slaves because he was a fucking humanitarian. He freed them because the people in the North were pissed at the people in the South because they're like, we can't make as much money because they have free labor. Yeah. They have free labor. They have slavery, and they don't have to pay their workers, and we're up here trying to make a product, and we have to pay our people actual money, even if they're indentured servants, and we've been trying to subjugate them for a long time, but they have fucking rights or whatever, and they just won't let, because we wrote this thing about the Constitution. We're like, oh, people have rights, and like, oh, no, we got to respect their rights, and we don't, and they don't have to respect these people's rights as rights, and they get free labor? Fuck them. And that's why Abraham Lincoln fucking freed the slaves. It was to placate all of the industry people in the North because yeah. they had to pay for I their mean, labor. I mean, it's kind of impossible. It, it is kind of impossible to believe that... Um, well, I mean, I guess there were abolitionists of the age and stuff like that. And like, they I were just humanitarians. Don't, I, uh, yeah. They were saying these people are people. But what I'm saying is that the politician of Abraham Lincoln did not free the slaves because he was a humanitarian, not because he was Frederick Douglass, not because he was fucking Harriet Tubman, not mm-hmm. for any of those reasons, but because he had to placate the capitalist movement in the North. Yeah, but it and just kind of like spurs a, con- it spurs a conversation. Like, I know that politicians, like, are it's very easy to see, to feel like they're doing everything to further their career in politics, but... If there were people in the North who um, who didn't want slaves, who were in that same boat, like, couldn't it, it, it could also be possible that he, uh, Abraham Lincoln, like, yes, that is an ulterior motive, and that's, like, something that is kind of believable, but also it's not unbelievable that uh, Abraham Lincoln felt things for these, for these people who were being oppressed, and kind of was like just more of a progressive soul and had this empathy about him and stuff I like that. I hope so. Yeah, like that's definitely a hope, but also and it is believable like what you're saying is just like oh if it like if if you do really believe that all politicians are completely figureheads yeah. that are total puppets that are just mm-hmm. boarding the keeping the wealth in the At hands of a few. At that point in time though, I don't really think that very many people had the op- like especially now like now no one votes like how many people were really voting well you at couldn't that point. vote women couldn't vote i know women couldn't vote and, and, and like and how many people, people were, were exactly it's of a vote like so what? who were the people who are really voting like were you really puppets of this this mass people like but also people who are incarcerated can't vote exactly and, and that's uh racist and systematic who gets mm-hmm. to vote so you have to have money to vote? Do you have to be a landholder to vote? Originally, you had to be a landholder. And what if you aren't? What if you're a woman and you're not allowed to hold land? What if you're a witch? And what if your dad gave you land and you didn't get married because of whatever reason and then they crucify you as a I witch? I mean, yeah. Because they, they want to mm-hmm. steal your land. That's what they were doing in the 1500s and 1600s in fucking in England. They All the women that had any volition of their own without a man, they were a witch. And what did you do? They couldn't have anything, and then they just kill them, and you take whatever they had, and wow, I don't know. It's like, mm-hmm. are we going to move into the future and see people as people? When is a person a person? When is someone who lives in Malaysia good enough that they don't make 10 cents on the dollar? When does it mean that, oh, you're making, like, so, for example, like, Old Navy jeans, like, where are they made? Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur and all these places. 
and people are paid nothing. And they have real skills. When you sew pants, sewing is a real skill. So we're just not paying those people because they live in another country? What, because they're not good enough? Like, because only Americans get to have this lifestyle or only Chinese people? Or who do we decide that gets to have a roof over their head and and not have to poop into a ditch? Like, when Mm -hmm. do we decide that we can facilitate everyone's needs? Yeah. That's really hard. Um it's I just peed like, on the I, last night. Yeah. <laughs> I oh get yeah, it. definitely. Like oh, <laughs> like you got to sometimes. I I've been peeing in public a lot more lately, uh, because I'm tired of waiting. Well, COVID has closed all the bathrooms. You go to a fucking uh gas station and you can't use the restroom. Like no one lets you use the potty because all oh, the COVID and the stuff, and so we just keep getting yeah more and more distanced. And who gets to use a toilet? Who's good enough? It's just like it is Who's really scary is to me. Enough. I just like honestly, ideally, if I wasn't bored as shit and fucking tired as fuck of being inside, I just would ideally want to be like ideally. Okay, I ideally would want to be a cast member on Love Island. I don't know what this is. Love Island. They are in a quarantine bubble in Las Vegas. Oh goodness! Drinking cocktails mm. and fucking bitches Mm. dude and like being filmed for reality tv and having drama like that is fine with me i wouldn't get sick no one would be going out like that's my ideal like i want to have fun you want to be on big brother i want to be on big brother that's what i want that's yeah they Big Brother. Quarantine before quarantine, they were like, "Oh no, you're quarantined." It was like, "I can't handle it." There are so many yeah, videos yeah, yeah. of people having to tell the people on Big Brother that they were in quarantine. Like they were like, "Well, um, uh, I understand that you guys have been here for two weeks and don't know anything about the news, but the news is that everyone's dying and everything's locked down." And you know how you thought you were going to be here for three weeks? I think you might be here for ten months. <laughs> you know, like that kind of... What's in the refrigerator? That's yeah. the thing. Is like, Big Brother, I want to get into that refrigerator. I would never get kicked off any of those shows because I love cooking so much. Oh, yeah. And nobody, would, they'd be no, like, no one would, oh, mm-hmm. we can't get rid of Pam. Mm-hmm. She's cooking all the good meals. She's working with the saffron. How'd she find the saffron? What even is that? She smuggled it in? How did that happen? Yeah. I'm in. Are you, is everything going to be okay? You checking it out? I keep, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just, oh, every I once lives. in a while. I know. Somebody uh, film us here. Eight, four HD. It's going to be like Muni Radio uh, reality uh, TV show. Yeah, we are currently in the midst of just the most Flava Flav shit I've ever, like, it's like, who wrote this? Who I don't want this. It? Who wrote it? Oh, I'm Who in. wrote this? Who wrote it? Because <laughs> it's like, honestly, I know I'm the queen of the universe, as I said before, but like, I didn't write this story. I don't want this. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're a feminist queen. I love you. I, I, yeah. I think you're so funny and original and wonderful, and I'm so glad that you're here and hanging out at Mute New Radio. Bella but Dillon, everyone suck. Well, they do sometimes. I honestly think that they're just babies. They're big old babies, and honestly, that's why I was, like, that's why I was not really into at first dating someone who was younger than me, because I was, like, 
I already hate men who are older than me. <laughs> like, they already act like fucking children. Like, True. what am I going to do with a man who's younger than me? Yeah. yeah. Well, it is impossible to curb anyone's behavior, but sometimes you have to put your foot down. And even oh, if you I don't did. understand at the time, it's just that for, for my own safety tonight, I had to put the kibosh on some behavior. He's done because, it to me. But he's done thing. it to me if too. If you applaud negative behavior, then they think it's okay. Yeah. I used to teach small children. And if you give them positive reinforcement for a negative behavior, they think the negative behavior, because it yields attention, not all, uh, negative. He attention, is positive. just a you little can't. boy lashing out right now. And I'm so mad about it because it's like. Uh, it's a lot of men too like my cousin's husband who's just sitting there lashing out because someone got mad at him for not wearing a mask one time like the reason why he's being like this is because he was like oh well i wasn't wrong for not wearing a mask that one time and now you guys are mad at me like i was never wrong you know like that's how it is with men sometimes like and i'm i don't know if it's men like maybe sometimes it's women i honestly haven't interacted as much with women especially romantically i think that women are not taught that their ego is as important as men are taught that their needs and i think ego is derived out of needs mm -hmm. and a lot of times men's needs are more aptly met no but also i feel bad for men i do i'm sorry i feel bad for myself obviously all the time i feel bad for women all the time but i feel bad for men because like how like what would it be like to grow up with this entitlement that like it every little thing sets me off like i would fucking hate that because i'm a kind person and whenever i get angry like right now when i'm angry i'm like i fucking hate that i hate that i don't like, like to feel angry well Sometimes I do. If I'm in a if I'm in a rant and I'm yelling at someone, feeling angry can feel good, as long as you're comfortable enough with the person that you know that at the end of it they're gonna be okay. Like if you're gonna yell at someone, it has to be a person that you're comfortable enough with that you, they're not exactly. gonna hate you at the end of it. And this is the first person that I truly have felt com like because people have done shit shit to me all the time, but this is the first person that I felt comfortable with being like, I'm calling you out right this fucking second. You're being an idiot. And then he's like, Why don't we bring up? And I'm like, You're being an idiot, dude. Like that's you being an idiot. Like right. Gotta that that's completely unfounded. We just had like four weeks of us being in complete bliss and even two days ago talking about how much we were honeymooning still he's just like it is infuriating that change you know like it's it's annoying you know because I feel so secure that when this happens I know it's just like him being a fucking dickhead and I'm like it's not him being it's alcohol, and, honestly. Yeah, and I fuck that's all it is. Sometimes it's though, all, it's all it is. And uh, my last relationship for seven years with with a wonderful gentleman, and I and I do still love him dearly. But even after we broke up, he said it's so funny because I realize now that seventy five percent of our relationship was based on alcohol, and that is absolutely true. That for seven years our relationship was so blissful 
because all we did was drink together. Oh no, and like I I've been sober for a long well, I mean like on and off sober for a long time and it's not about us drinking together because he's been sober too. And it's like he's the one person he is the one man who is like one of the only men who has turned me down while I was drunk. Huh. You know, like uh, you know, cuz I I know he respects that sort of like I know he puts on like a big front and he's going through a lot right now, but like he's fucking like he's a good person and that's the thing that I see that it's so annoying when I see him doing these things and I don't know when it's going to prove it like I don't he's not going to prove himself that he's a bad person because I know how good he is. Yeah. You know, like he's he's an amazing fucking person and it just annoys me when he does stuff like this because it's an it's not him. Yeah. And maybe I put him on a pedestal but it's not him. Well, it's I mean, it's it's the alcohol. I'm telling yeah. you. It's, uh, it, and I, I've browned out black. I mean, when I'm in a blackout, nobody knows it because I'm still lucid. So I make choices and I'm still myself. I just don't remember it later, but I can get, and because I don't remember it later, it sort of gives me this blanket to not be afraid of my behavior. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I'm working on in that. I have to eat enough so that I don't black out. And, like, why do I feel the need to not have any responsibility for what I'm doing with my behavior? Exactly. Like, I have so many times had to go back and take responsibility for what I've done during a blackout because I am, like, I have done multiple things not only to get arrested but to, like, like my friends, like, I I was so (laughs) many positive, like, I I was so positive so many times that, my friends were never going to speak to me again because I, like, would black out and f- fucking fist fight them. Sure. No, you know, I've like bad fights. I, I hear you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you have to own up for that shit, but it's so hard to get to the point where you will because you're always like, I was drinking. I can be different when I'm not drinking. I'm a, I'm a whole different person whole different when person. I'm drinking. Well, but that's- and it's like, yeah, but then so- but Reel it back, baby. But don't that's black the thing. out. If you don't remember your own behavior, what do you have to be responsible for? Exactly. Now, that's my own, like, of course. And it's it's so much easier when you wake up, when you come out of a blackout and you're like, where am I? I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get home. Who knows what happens? Whatever. Like, it's much. I'm so lucky I've never had an STD, honestly. Yeah. I've woken up in people's houses with and i'll even admit this on radio with wet jeans you ever been on the 14 bus going back oh you your pissed house? your pants I first pissed my pants i know i've I been there too wet fucking pants on the, and i'm on the bus and i'm like can everybody smell me everybody smells piss everybody can see that my pants are wet does it look like my pants are dry what does it look like i don't know what's going on oh shit like and I'm still a little drunk, so I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I've been my pants. I'm good. Hope, but to like, be, wow, like it's yeah. And but then because I was so wasted, I don't remember what happened, so I don't have to take responsibility for all of that because I don't remember it anyway. Exactly. And, but that's what I'm trying to change. I mean, I'm fucking over forty now. Jesus Christ, it's time to change that shit, right? And I. I definitely eat more, and I haven't peed my pants in a long time. Oh, congratulations. But here's the thing, people who might date me in the future. If I decide to pass out, not in my bed, 
with my jeans in on on the carpet. That's because my jeans are a sponge. Please, please don't take my pants off. Please, please, boy who's staying with me, nice man, whoever you are, leave me on the carpet. Do not take my pants off. They are a sponge. Oh, yeah. Be on the team. Absolutely. Be on the team. Absolutely. Be on the team. Don't, like, <laughs> my mom, I, okay, so one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me is, okay, the, okay, one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me is when I went to my cousin's wedding, and I was completely fucked up. It was like, it was a weekend where there were three parties and a party suite, so the first night, I hooked up with one of his friends, and, um ran away from security trying to get into uh trying to not get in trouble because I was underage and then there was the next day where I was just blackout and hooked up with another one of his friends and then the third day it was the wedding the wedding and I went home with my mom who was sleeping in the other bed and I pissed this hotel bed so bad so bad and my mom tried to undress me and it was just so much worse it was just everywhere that's not what we want it's absolutely not what we want it was like that was probably the time that my mom was like okay time to time to change (laughs) like reel it back daughter of mine yes please i love you so much but if you could not pee in I threw up once. Uh, I was on a family cruise uh, going to Alaska. My parents, I was, I was 19 at the time. They put my brother and I in a room deep, deep in the caverns. They were up with one of the things. They had a balcony. And uh, I, I drank so much. I threw up in my bed. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to take all of my sheets into the shower to sort of wash them off. And I was in a room with my brother. And I had to wake up the next morning. And I had to go kayaking with my dad. No. And I was so hungover. And I kayaked. And we were like hitting salmon. And I was like, this is so beautiful. And this would be great if I didn't want to die right now. It wasn't um, the end it of was, me. I, I, was, I remember being a kid. Uh, I remember my parents used to buy me things. That was great. <laughs> that was awesome. I remember those days. <sighs> a parastone. They don't. Uh, they don't respect my lifestyle very much. No, really. Nope, not at all. They are not into free speech and what I'm doing. Uh, they're um, Christians. They mm-hmm. uh, love God very much. Oh yeah. And that's great. That's. I. Uh, they're afraid of death. That's cool. I'm down. Like it's fine. I. I. I'm down with existential dread. They want to believe in twelve mansions in heaven. Good stuff. Like. Hell yeah. Yeah. No. Hey, I respect it. Like. If if I could have a, va- I feel like I took, I feel like I was in the Matrix and I took the fucking red pill or whatever, and I was like, oh, now I see the truth and everything sucks and we're all gonna die, and uh, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, 
that's that's the reality of life that's well, that's what's so crazy because it's like when you're trying so hard to get something and you feel like that's the only way that your life will be fulfilled mm. then that be creates like a completely different environment for you to have fun like I feel like I have so many things that could make my life happy and it's like you can't you can't just bet on one obviously like I'm not gonna do anything to uh get rid of those opportunities but i'm going to work my hardest on every single opportunity that could possibly make me happy and maybe it'll make me a jack of all trades but master of none but maybe i'll be happy there's a old song from the 40s and it's a standard and it goes i'm putting all my eggs in one basket yeah i'm betting everything i have on you uh, and it's and it's not, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's don't how do I it. feel sometimes. Don't though. you can't. Well, and God, for a long time in my life, I didn't. I I separated my eggs, and and now I've got all my eggs in the mutiny basket, and it's very scary because then it's like, oh my God, what if I lose the basket? But then it's like, wow, what freedom if the basket disappears? Like, wow, what would what would happen to my life? If I didn't have this albatross around my neck, like what could yeah, I do? Where exactly? Could I, go? I could go and some yeah. I sometimes could do it anything. seems like the better option. Maybe. Sometimes it seems like the better option to take that albatross off your neck. But also, if it's the thing that you love and it's the thing that you are really doing, and it's like you've worked so hard for it, then why give it up? That's my thing. Is it's like it's so hard for me to give things up. I know, I know. Because of that. Because I'm like, I have put so much into this. But maybe attachments. I mean, the Buddhists say that attachments are the root of all suffering. So if you remove all the attachments, then you can finally be free. And but so, but that's so crazy to me because attachments, family. You know? Like I, like I, I see know. attachments more with like attachment with people. Yeah. And it's like family, friends. What do you do when those go away? Because I don't think I would be happy because when I haven't had those personal um ties yeah tethers tethers to the world it's been so different for me and like honestly like me thinking that i'm a fucking god who's controlling the world is so much less healthy than me having a fucking boyfriend and being like in my family and helping them out like i would rather not be famous because i would think that i was like fucking the controller of the universe my brain would be insane i don't think i could handle it i think the answer is to smoke more pot i think that that's i think the answer to smoke less pot Ah. dude honestly like i smoked pot from sam and now i'm like hello i am the fucking (laughs) i am the number i am a god i am a king i am a king i am a god (laughs) everything's gonna work out I can control this person. It doesn't matter my expectations because no matter how high they are, they will reach them because I control everything. Well, which is a lie and a fucking disappointment when I don't control everything. The only thing we can control is our own selves and our reactions to the things around us. Exactly. But I've gotten to a point that I'm like, People think it's fucking weird. Like, people think I'm being, like, fucking victimized. Not by, like, by everybody. Like, by my mom, by my family. Everyone thinks I'm being victimized. But I'm like, honestly, I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, just, like, like I don't. Like, that's the thing. Like, yes, they have high expectations of me. But 
I'm there. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, why do you think this is a bad thing? Like, it's fine. Like, I'm fine. And it's not me being, like, disingenuous or not following my dreams. It's like, I'm glad that I get to help my family out. I'm glad that I get to help people out. That's my fucking calling. That's my calling is helping people. Why aren't you a nun? No. Put on the I habit, baby. Fuck so much. Oh. I fuck too much, dude. I do. And it's like also like I like I like God. Like I do and I love God. That's cool. No, I'm down with but God. But also it's like it's like sometimes I'm like, bro, like no matter what I do in this life, you gotta like have me because I'm because I have gone through so much, dog. Like I'm trying my best. Like yeah. there's no like because I believe in you, like dog. Just like chill with me, bro. Like please, like <laughs> yeah. No, hey, uh, look to the birds of the sky. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. Yeah, uh, I'm down with that bird shit. I'm, uh, I mean, yes, exactly. I don't think that a higher being like that would punish you for being human. Well, and you know, you humans I'd, are born I'd, sinners, I'd, baby. This is a fucking preacher podcast on humans no. are born sinners, dog. Oh. And I'm a sinner, and everyone around me is a sinner. And so I let everyone treat me however so, they want so to. So take the <laughs> so take the plank out of your own eye before r- removing the speck from your brother's eye. Another fucking hell yeah! You oh, know bear, more bear, bear, about bear. the Bible than me. Oh, bear, Bible bear, more about the Bible than me because I have never I, heard about I, uh, it. <laughs> I, I was uh, traditionally raised in the Bible. I went to Christian school for like years and years of my life. And then oh, that's I, cool. I'm just casual Bible. Yeah. I studied Judaism for many, many years as well. So I'm versed in that's all of the Judeo-Christian fuck. things. I don't know a lot about Muslim shit. I know a little bit about the Mormons. I know just enough to be dangerous about the Mormons. But, uh, Honestly, yeah. I hate these boys, but I love these boys because they always know how to like bring it to like something super not serious. Oh, you know? Yeah. Where'd Sam go? Speaking. Of I know not Sam being like. Speaking of, speaking of like me and you together, I feel we bounce off each other and we're like, let's get into the no, like, like and like, fucking talking about shit. shit. Yeah, like fuck, like let's go, let's go into the entire yeah. thing. Like, what is life about? What is life about? And when two men get together, too, I feel like that's how they're like, too. They're like, eh. that's well, why Joe Rogan. Like, how big is your dick? Man? <laughs> that's Mine's why Joe Rogan like, is always like, yeah, I did DMT. And you know what I saw? Have like, you done DMT? No. I I'm, so, I'm talking about uh, Joe Rogan. I, I don't no, think no, I, no, I get it. I know he talks about DMT, too. Ba- like, my brain fry zone. Like, I last time I did acid. It was probably like it changed my life in a way that made me scared of literally making any mistakes. Like I was like, I have to stop drinking or I'm a fucking idiot. I have to stop fucking doing this or I'm a fucking idiot. I have to call my mom. I have to be a better daughter. And it made me anxious about everything. So now I can't let anyone down because but like also like whatever. Fuck it. Who cares? But um. That acid trip just made me feel so anxious about my life. And I think, it, it like, honestly, like, my dad, like, and schizophrenia is, like, fucking triggered by drugs and 
shit like yeah, that. Yeah, acid. I hear that acid definitely triggers schizophrenia. Yeah, so <laughs> I fucked my life up. Who else did that for themselves? <laughs> Who else gave themselves a mental illness that a lot of people have to go to the mental hospital for forever? So I've done over, I'm going to say in my lifetime that I've done over 600 hits of acid. So uh, that's a lot of acid. And they say that that after seven hits, you're legally insane. And I, and I'll, I'll deal with that. And that's fine. I didn't even get there, dude. It's because my whole family is like fucking crackhead crazy. Like, that's why it took me only a few to be like, I'm... I'm legally insane. <laughs> but I, I mean, I definitely talk to myself all the time and I hear voices in my head and I've had invisible friends since I was young. There's no question about that. I remember having invisible friends since the time I was allowed to do that. Um, and I've always had a very, very rich fantasy life uh, <laughs> throughout my entire life. I mean, it's not that that's a problem with me. It's like I like the things that I see are like. I'm not crying. I'm literally just, I smoked weed. Um, I like the things that I see are like disembodied human people and like people being like, like I would be half asleep and there would someone be yelling like, you don't like anybody. Like, you know, you don't love these people. What the fuck are you doing here? Like stuff like that. Just yelling at me. Like, insanity vortex that I'm surprised that I haven't had a nervous breakdown yet you know like um just it takes a different type of person to cope like everything I see is a threat to me huh and so it's like I've been trying I've learned a lot of things to be able to cope with stuff like that but I don't know what I did to myself but I I did a lot of drugs during high... Like, I was always kind of neurotic, but I did a lot of drugs during high school. I was never aware, so I can't even, like, know if it's something that happened naturally or if it's something that I triggered. triggered. Yeah, sure. You know why Californians can't have guns? Why? Because they're always triggered. <laughs> That's funny. Constantly, I like that. Constantly triggered. No, hey, I, I get it. I'm lucky that I didn't... I didn't do I smoked pot for the first time when I was like 17 I had done I didn't do any things I didn't even drink in I started school. drinking when I was 12 years old I started smoking weed when I was 13 I started doing coke when I was 16 wow yeah. I started um what else or well, I started doing Xanax when I was 16 I started doing opioids when I was 16 yeah I started... I didn't ever like opioids. Opioids made me nauseous all the time, but I thought they were amazing for some reason. I started taking Xanax every day when I was 16. Well, Xanax is in the Tupam family. It's a benzodiazepine. It's actually... Yeah. It's actually... uh, Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, I know. No, no. I I do love Mm. benzos, but they make me forget. And they... Like, honestly, like, I was so fucked up during all of high school, and I don't remember any of it, that I don't want to take Xanax ever again. Like, I... Like, I have gotten Xanax for free from people and just stowed it away and given it to other people because I... It's great for planes. It's great for plane flights. Yeah, but... you're afraid of flying. uh, Yeah. I mean, it is for... It is for anxiety, but when you use it for your everyday life, like, I can't... I can't control... Yeah. And they used to give... um, When you use it for your everyday life. Exactly. For postpartum depression. I did Valium for the first... Or, like, it was because I was prescribed... I was prescribed Valium. I was prescribed Valium when I was in the third grade. Wow. 
Wow, you had serious anxiety. No, I, I had a neck injury. Why would they give you Valium? That makes no sense to benzodiazepine. They just wanted me to relax. Wow. No, they didn't give me Valium. They gave me Vicodin. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's They gave me Vicodin. Which doesn't necessarily help because opioids just mask the pain and then you can hurt yourself more. If you, They should have given you a muscle relaxant. They should have given you some yeah. Soma. Like no, soma yeah. Soma, good. but Soma I also abused. Ah, Soma's a lot of fun. I abused Soma in the late 90s. I would take a Soma. And I was in high school. Yeah. I was in a Soma, and I was like, let's go, friends. Uh, but it was it, only because I was so cheap in college. I couldn't afford alcohol, so I could use pills. Oh, no. The fact, that I, the fact that I take medication now, I used to be a 17-drink-a-night girl. I have Damn. had I have had three drinks tonight or four. Yeah, yeah. No, I used to in college. Uh, it was so funny because I was a dancer and I was a lot larger than I am now, and I was dancing like four hours a day. But I was also shotgunning and drinking like twelve beers a night. Yeah, it was like oh no. So I moved from beer to wine, and I lost like ten pounds immediately. That's what I keep telling. Aaron is because he he wants to lose weight and he's talking about like oh I just need to like go on this diet and I'm like no dude you just need to stop drinking beer yeah, you're drinking I, IPA yeah, yeah from yeah. beer to wine like honestly yeah. seltzer too it just makes you bloated it's I mean and it's the water weight I mean there's all kinds of things happening but so that was always my problem and when I fell on my face and had my whole alcoholic come to Jesus thing in uh, February 1st of this year and people were like, oh, you drink too much, blah, blah. And I'm like, I actually don't drink too much. The problem is that I don't eat enough. The problem mm-hmm. is that I actually have an eating disorder. And so when I'm drinking all day on a Saturday, I'm thinking the whole time, well, I've had 2,000 well, however many calories yeah, from the beer. Yes. Alcohol. Yeah, I was drunk anorexic for a while. Else. I was drunk anorexic for a while. Exactly. So I'm eating enough calories, but I'm not having real food. And so that's why I fell on my face and I had to get 15 stitches in my eye, et cetera, et cetera. So I made a deal with myself that I'm not allowed to drink unless I'm only allowed to have a beer for every 200. So if a beer is 200 calories, I'm not allowed to have that beer unless I've had 200 calories. That's a so good I idea. Have to. I'm not allowed. I have to eat before I drink. And again, tonight, I, I'm eating as much as I'm drinking. I've been eating. I have a granola bar in there that I need to eat in a second. And I had all the cheeses and all the things, and I was eating, and I made sure. But it's not that I have a drinking problem because I honestly don't drink. Even when I day drink, I only have one beer on the hour. So if I've been drinking for 14 hours, I've had 15 drinks. Yeah. So I have I, I just keep it going all day and I love it and I love day drinking. But I have to eat because I have to eat. So you have to eat because I have to eat. And that's the come to Jesus talk I had with myself is that I'm not an alcoholic. I have an eating disorder. And you know, and then that plays into all of my like fucking self-esteem issues and blah blah blah. But and I'm an adult now. These are the things I'm dealing with. So. Yay, I'm an adult Yay. now. Yay. Being an adult is so crazy, honestly. Like, I'm just transitioning from kind of being a kid, obviously. Like, I'm very young. I'm 22. I, like, I very often have to remind myself, like, oh, my gosh, this is what it's like not to be a kid. Like, it's not, it's not that things are happening 
much worse than they were happening before. It's just that they're happening right now and I'm aware of them. So here's the thing I have to say, and some of our other friends have left tonight, but I'm a person that got a DUI when I was 32. And I don't support anyone ever drinking behind the wheel ever at any time. Always leave your car. It is better to get a ticket. It's better to have your car towed. It's better to pay the $600 when your car is towed or to leave it somewhere and get a ticket than it is to get a DUI and spend the minimum $10,000 and all the other things that happen. Please, 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 please always leave your car. Don't drive drunk. Don't be dumb. And I know you're young. I know you think that you're going to live forever, and I know you think it's fine. But please, anybody out there, take it from the old lady who hasn't driven in 14 years now because I'm a responsible adult. I'm a responsible adult, and I drink, and I smoke pot, and that's why I don't drive. Please, 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 never, ever, ever, ever. Because even if you think you can drive, it doesn't matter. They're still going to get you in trouble. And even if you can pass all their sobriety tests, if that breathalyzer comes above 0.08, which is like two drinks, and if you haven't eaten, please eat, please eat. If you haven't, it is so easy to blow 0.08. And you just don't want to deal with that headache. So leave your car. Leave it parked. Get a ticket. Get it towed. It doesn't matter. It's better than driving home. Okay, that's my PSA. da 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 Old lady trying to... To teach the children. <laughs> I love it. It's, I'm just saying. Like, it's always better. Even if you have to take a $150 Uber, it is cheaper than getting a DUI. Because they're out there and they're looking for you. They just, they, it's just money in their pocket. Don't do it. Okay. Da, 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 da. Should we, we should play some music. Yeah, let's Sam's music. bag is here, so he should be coming back. Mm-hmm. Sam, come back. Sorry. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll uh, what what kind of music do you like? Um, I'm a big fan of anything. Oh, <laughs> anything. I'm a big fan of anything.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Anti-Trump is the antivirus or antibody to the Trump virus. We're a global alliance of humans standing up against the Trump brand. Antitrump.com started four years ago on March 19th, 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better world. Nobody thought it was going to be this bad. Most of us probably figured it would just be four more years of the same old... He was a 70-year-old babbling Nimrod. How bad could it really be? Treason is the last of his felonious activities. The Trump brand has hijacked our government and sold Lady Liberty to the mob. We are a leaderless and without the most basic healthcare systems and community services. COVID-19 is a pandemic, but the Trump brand is the virus. Welcome to the antivirus. Go to antitrump.com and spread the word. Individual politics aren't important. What is important is that we stand together as a unified voice and say enough is enough. That's antitrump.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Um... What, what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why do we do this? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling. He was like, move that bitch, move that bitch. And, uh... And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm just not, I'm not moving it, you know? I've arrived, why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. 115-340-1976, and it does not spell anything. 115-340-1976. Go for it. Call in, guys. Sam Francisco Mutiny Radio. Sam- 
workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. 